Well, it disgusts me that this is where we have to start today, but we are seeing the absolute worst of the MAGA right and of the far left as a result of this disgusting medieval attack by terrorist group Hamas on Israeli civilians. You know, I expect this from the MAGA right, but sadly, we are also seeing it from the far left and I will be calling all of it out. Are sensible leftists the only people who can bring some sanity to this discussion? And my belief is that most of my core audience, the people I never hear from who aren't spending their day commenting online, I believe my core audience is with me on this. Let's see. Let's talk about it one by one. Now, I know this is going to rile a ton of people up, but it has to be said because if we don't clean house on our side, we make the problem worse. So let's start with MAGA. The MAGA right immediately went to blaming Joe Biden for this disgusting attack by Hamas, where women and children and random people and music festival goers were killed, raped, kidnapped, taken hostage, and even even now Israeli soldiers believed beheaded on video. The argument that the MAGA people have been making is that because Joe Biden gave Iran six million dollars, this happened. Senator Tim Scott said the attack was, quote, the Biden six billion ransom payment at work. Pence blamed Biden, saying the current administration, quote, projects weakness on the world stage and are kowtowing to the mullahs in Iran. Now, if you're confused about how that might be the case and what Iran's money has to do with this, it's because it makes no sense. As you might recall, Joe Biden authorized the, the, the release of that money, the Iranian money, in exchange for some American hostages for humanitarian reasons. It was Iran's money. The U.S. didn't give Iran any money. And of course, even though the, uh, uh, the 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 celebration of this attack by Iran did take place. The idea that it was because of the release of their money that this took place when this operation was clearly in the works for months. And it just makes absolutely no sense. The funding doesn't go to Iranian hands. It goes to approved third party vendors who provide humanitarian support. This is ridiculous. And to believe that one decision about six million dollars related to Iran by Joe Biden is responsible for something like this just doesn't pass the sniff test. These right wingers deserve almost none of our time. They aren't serious people. Now, unfortunately, on the far left, there has been everything from excuses for this terrorist attack to straight up glee for what we are seeing. Don't believe me? Here's a video. This is from a rally in New York City, rally slash celebration that took place talking about how great it is that the resistance took out hipsters, by which they mean innocent Israelis, including women and children, including at a music festival. Just listen. When the Palestinians broke through the fence, they put the F-35s on Yeah! And as you might have seen, there was some sort of rave or desert party where they were having a great time until the resistance came in electrified hang gliders and took at least several dozen hipsters. 
but I'm sure they're doing very fine despite what the New York Post says. They took out with their electric hang gliders several dozen hipsters cheering death and the crowd cheers right along with them. One guy at this event had a swastika that he was displaying on his phone as well. This is like cheering for Al Qaeda the day after 9-11. Who is this? Well, sadly, it's too many people. Uh, DSA, Democratic Socialists of America, putting out vile statements immediately repudiated by by former supporters of DSA, like actress, comedian Sarah Silverman. You know, when people used to ask me, what do I think about DSA? I'd say, well, I'm not a socialist, so it's not my group. This is a disgusting group that now, in addition to not supporting because I'm not a socialist, I don't support because they put out ridiculous statements minimizing that this was a terrorist attack, period. The Sydney, Australia Jewish community has been warned to stay home. And uh, there were I don't know whether we call them protests or celebrations where there were vile anti-Semitic comments and chants of gas the Jews. Don't believe me. Here's video of that. There you go. Gas the Jews. That's their economic anxiety. That's them expressing that they are against colonialism. Gas the Jews at Cal State University, Long Beach. They are planning a day of resistance and promoting the event with a poster that depicts the paraglider type device that the Hamas terrorists used to carry out the terrorist attack. This is psychopathically deranged bloodthirst. We're also hearing excuses from some in the far left. Here's why the murder, rape and torture and kidnapping of innocent people isn't as bad as you might think, because the United States did this or Israel did that. So here's my question to you. Are you a progressive? Are you a progressive? If you are, then how on earth do you stand in favor of an outrageous, terroristic, authoritarian regime that subjugates women, puts its own people in harm's way, uses civilians as shields, opposes gay rights, women's rights, pluralism, diversity of every kind, everything that supposed leftists claim to defend and support the way I do is attacked by Hamas and look around the world at who expressed support for this attack. It's you know, the usual suspects, the usual non-democracies. You've got your Qatar and your Iran and vague statements from Putin and Saudi Arabia. Doesn't it make you wonder for a second if you are for democracy? Why is it the non-democracies in the world that are coming to the support of this disgusting attack? Well, we can all want hostilities to end and understand that this is a more than 70 year conflict and recognize we don't need to equivocate. This was a planned medieval massacre. And now the idea that on, on, on the cusp of this, we're going to go out and say, oh, just just today, after the murder of all of these innocent people today, we have been reminded that we care about Palestinian rights. But this is not at all supportive of Hamas. And yet you've got guys cheering about the murder of hipsters. So I'm a progressive. I'm a leftist. I therefore condemn this. There's no ifs, ands and buts.
It's very simple, actually, when you're genuinely on the left. Uh, Hamas stands for death to Jews. That's what it is. Uh, it stands for the destruction of Israel. It's not morally equivalent to say this is justified because of what? What could justify this? 108 bodies discovered in kibbutz Be'eri, women, children, entire families. 10% of the residents were killed. Okay. They went to a concert with young people, and more than 260 bodies have been recovered, some of them raped. None of those victims are representatives of the government of Israel any more than I represented MAGA when Trump happened to be president of this country, period. Hamas beheading Israeli soldiers in, on video. So is Benjamin Netanyahu not actually interested in peace? Probably uh, uh, definitely an impediment to peace. Of course, of course. But Hamas literally wants to just kill any Jew they can get their hands on. So, yes, now Gaza is going to get crushed. Gaza is going to get crushed over 900 killed and 2600 wounded in Israel. So at least that number will be killed and wounded in Gaza. I would imagine. Is that good? No. Are you hearing me? No, that's not good. Is that fair? How can anyone say killing is fair? I mean, what a sick framework, right? No, it's fair. It's fair to kill this number, but not that. number. Is it obviously expected when Hamas mounts an attack like it did that this is going to happen? Of course it is. That's not a defense. That's a reality. This is one of the worst attacks on Jews in some are saying since the Holocaust. And I would bet that Jewish people are going to survive, but that now everything that you would predict would happen is going to happen. Israel has pledged to block food, water and electricity to Gaza. Do I support that? Do I like that? How would anyone who is a true progressive support depriving people of food, water and electricity? Of course not. Was it obviously predictable that if Hamas did what it did, that would happen? Obviously. And this is the second layer of the hate that is Hamas. Yes, they hate Jews, but they also don't care about their own people because anyone would have told you this is obviously what's going to happen if Hamas does what it did. Uh, innocent Palestinians who live in Gaza deserve to be free, period. Notice how there's no ifs, ands or buts there either. Jews outside of Israel, most of them inside of Israel, they have nothing to do with the government. What we're talking about here is a medieval massacre. And uh, I don't know how much more I'm going to have to say about this. We'll see what happens. We obviously have to get the hostages released to the extent that some will hopefully still be alive. On any of our platforms, we're not tolerating any anti-Semitism. I haven't even talked about this yet. We've already banned close to 100 people on different platforms for blatant, blatant anti-Semitism. We're not going to allow Hamas cheerleading. We wouldn't allow Al Qaeda cheerleading. We don't allow Al Qaeda cheerleading, and we're not going to allow Hamas cheerleading either. Either uh, this has nothing to do with the First Amendment. I'm not the government. This is just what we're going to allow on our channel. So my belief is that the core of my audience is with me here. Uh, they're busy living their lives. They understand we just condemn a terrorist attack. That's what we do. We don't cheer for Al Qaeda after 9-11. We don't cheer for Hamas after this. And uh, most of my audience, I think, is busy not posting trash to social media. So don't even bother emailing me with your Hamas apologetics. The emails are screened by our team. I won't even see them. Your emails will just be filtered into the trash in the future. So 
It's a waste of everybody's time. Don't even bother. And, you know, if we're talking about blaming Biden, by the way, we may want to talk a little bit about a different president who maybe actually has some blame. Let's talk about that next. There is a new focus on the leaks that Donald Trump participated in while president after this brutal terrorist attack by Hamas in Israel. What am I talking about? Well, Newsweek has a write up about it. Donald Trump's Israel intel leak under scrutiny after the Hamas attack. It shouldn't take a thousand dead to scrutinize what Trump did. But let's look at what what it says. Donald Trump's sharing of allegedly of alleged classified information to Russian officials in the White House has come under scrutiny, I'll say, after uh, amid a large scale attack by the Hamas Islamist military group against Israel. Remember, in May of 2017, Trump defended his actions after he was found to have discussed sensitive details about an alleged ISIS plot with Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov and Ambassador Sergei Kislyak in the Oval Office. Trump said he had a right to do so. The intel was said to have been provided to the U.S. from Israel. It was suggested at the time Trump doing this could have damaged the relationship between the two countries. It could have uh, raised the possibility that the details would be passed from Russia to Iran, the nation that is an adversary of Israel and has long supported Hamas. That gets us to Saturday, where Hamas launched this large scale attack, deadliest day in the conflict for decades. And a number of people are now saying, is it possible that Trump's belligerent actions in the Oval Office that day could have actually resulted in Iran assisting the Palestinian group? Tom Hartman talked about this uh, and said Hamas apparently knew how to get around Israel's Iron Dome defenses. They probably learned this from Iran. Iran almost certainly got the information from Russia and who gave it to Russia looks like it was Donald Trump. Alison Gill, who tweets using the account for the Mueller She Wrote podcast, said, don't forget, Trump gave Israeli intelligence to Russians in the Oval Office six years ago. Putin armed Iran in exchange for drones to attack Ukraine. So if you were of the mindset that Iran deserves significant blame for this and we're still figuring that out, then you have to consider the possibility that it was from Trump via Russia that Iran may have been got, may have been given the information ultimately used to help Hamas carry this out. We've been talking about this for years. It should not take a thousand dead for what Trump did to come under more scrutiny. But that's where we are today. We'll talk more about this. Uh, so much to discuss today. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back. Our sponsor Laundry Sauce has created the world's best smelling laundry detergent in simple to use high performance pods that get the job done. I love the sense you've got your Australian sandalwood Egyptian rose. They've stripped away all the unnecessary ingredients and the artificial dyes and they maximize the hardworking stain fighters and enzymes to ensure your favorite clothes really look brand new. I love laundry sauce because they smell so much better than the stuff you get from the grocery store. You know, the usual suspects you get at the store. There's a weird, cheap, chemically type of smell. All of the different scents from laundry sauce have a luxurious, smooth, natural scent, not too strong. You can especially tell when your clothes are coming right out of the dryer. It just smells great. 
And it is not just pods because laundry sauce makes scent boosters, dryer sheets, dryer balls, fabric softeners. If you aren't happy, send back laundry sauce for a full refund. No questions asked. Head to laundrysauce.com slash Pacman. Use the promo code Pacman at checkout for 15 percent off. The info is in the podcast notes. Have you seen these people search sites? It's a big data privacy problem in the United States. They publish personal profiles on millions of Americans for people to see. It's crazy. They can show your address, your Internet activity. License plate can be there even your political and religious beliefs. People buy and sell this information about you. And sometimes it's even shown online for free without you being aware. Our sponsor Incogni is a powerful platform that will simplify this whole process for you. You create an account on Incogni within a minute. They go to work getting your data taken down from these data broker databases. They'll keep you updated every step of the way. They'll handle disputes or websites that try to refuse to take your info down. It can cut down on robocalls. It can make you less susceptible to scams. Even identity theft is a risk that they can help mitigate. Folks, you do not want this type of personal information floating around out there. Let Incogni take care of it for you. The first hundred people to use the promo code Pacman get 60 percent off when you go to incogni.com slash Pacman. That's INCOGNI dot com slash Pacman. Use code Pacman for 60% off. The info is in the podcast notes. Well, it sounds almost unbelievable, but Donald Trump blamed hummus, hummus, the chickpea dip for the attack on Israel. Uh, it, it sounds fake, but Donald Trump, as is often the case with that teleprompter, we're cutting right to the most insane moment of a series of speeches that Donald Trump gave in Iowa over the weekend. Trump doesn't recognize the word Hamas on his teleprompter, and he calls it hummus. What about today? The Hamas, Hamas terrorist invasion. I mean, when you think about and what do you think of Hamas? What do you think? Do you know about Hamas? Right. Right. Some guy in the crowd yells, get rid of it. He likes bean dip better, far less healthy, by the way. Terrible dip. I'm for hummus all the way. Trump's brain has become hummus at this point. And Trump not wasting the opportunity at one of these speeches, these in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, another one in Waterloo, Iowa. Trump saying nobody loves Israel more than the evangelical Christians. And nobody loves Israel more than the evangelical Christians. I will tell you that. Now, one thing I can tell you as a progressive Jew is that the love that evangelicals have for Israel is not particularly welcome by most progressive Jews. The love that evangelicals have for Israel is usually through some half baked prophecy about how by supporting Israel, it will bring upon the return of Jesus and all sorts. I think there's a rapture and I, I believe the Jews get killed in most of the versions of it. I say no. Thank you. I say no. Thank you to the evangelical Christians on this one. Trump still in Cedar Rapids refers to General Mark Milley as stupid in one of this bonkers harebrained sir stories. We take every little tent, we take all the big tents, we take the army tanks, the planes, we take everything. 
And I had a couple of guys, like this guy, Millie. What a, what a stupid person he is. Millie, no, he's a stupid. Sir, he said to me, it's cheaper to leave the equipment than it is to take it. We take every little ten. There you go. Now, whether the sir story actually happened or not, what we know is that one of the authoritarian nightmare things that Donald Trump has done in recent weeks is to suggest that Mark Milley, former chairman of the Joint Chiefs, should have been or should be executed for treason, that that would be an appropriate punishment for Mark Milley. This is an authoritarian nightmare. Trump continuing to insist that he doesn't get a jury. He doesn't get a jury. He didn't ask for a jury is what he should be saying. The one in Georgia. How about that phony one? How about the one in New York? She values Mar-a-Lago at 18 million and she convinces a judge that you don't know what Mar-a-Lago is, but you sort of do. So some people say it's worth a hundred times that number. She values it at 18 million dollars. And I said, Mar-a-Lago is not worth one point eight billion dollars. There's something wrong here. And everybody said that. And it's probably could be a billion, billion and a half could be more than that. So it could be a hundred times that amount. These are crooked people. This is election interference. These are very dishonest people. And she has a judge who's a radical left judge. And, you know, and I don't get a jury. So <laughs> even if I had a tough jury, I'd win. But I'm not allowed to have a jury. Nothing to do with checking a box. You know what that they're all saying, oh, the lawyer. No, you can't check a box. There's no box in there. <laughs> they, they did it under a consumer fraud act. Can you believe this? Where I get everything right, built this great company. And now they find out that the company's worth much more than. There you go. I did everything right and they indicted me. Right. Really no other way to say it. It took a stranger turn in Waterloo, Iowa, at these tandem speeches that Trump gave when he said that he has a better body than Joe Biden. This is it. It's getting sad. He's got a consultant somewhere. This is the worst consultant in politics that thinks he looks good in a bathing suit, right? <laughs> no, he he spends so much time at the beach. And, you know, how do you do that? And, you know, I have a much better body than him. <laughs> but I'm not really sure that I want to <laughs> expose it. With the sun blaring down and a safe. Remember that Trump is obese and doesn't exercise and is at risk of death to a higher degree than Biden, based on an actuarial analysis that was done. Donald Trump claims to still talk to his wife, which is pretty damn hard to believe based on what's been reported. But here is Trump saying that Melania isn't big on Trump's dances at the end of his speeches, and he's not big, uh, she's not big on that weightlifting, the trans weightlifting sort of routine mimicry that Trump does, which I mean, that may be true. Melania might find both of those things vile because, you know, my wife, I have a wonderful wife, the great first lady who's very popular. She says, she says to me, she says to me, darling, I don't like when you do the weightlifting thing or even the swimming thing because it doesn't look presidential. That as if everything else Trump does is presidential. I said, let me tell you, it's much easier to look presidential than it is to do the shtick that I have to do at these places. And this is why we have. But and she doesn't like when I dance a little bit going off, you know, Trump actually seems to see 
his ridiculous behavior as shtick and that he has to do it. What's fascinating about that is it's once again an insight into Trump's mind. He doesn't want to be around the people that go to his rallies. He doesn't even really seem to want to perform in the way that he's performing, but he apparently believes he has to do it because this is the level that his followers are operating on. He has to pretend to lift weights as a trans weightlifter. He has to dance. He doesn't want to dance. Actually, Trump is in a sense performing as he sees it down to his supporters. And that only coincides with everything we know about Trump. He spent most of his life trying to be kept away from the very people that now are his supporters. OK, last thing here. Trump tells yet another one of these sir stories, this one in Waterloo. And you wouldn't be having all the problems that you have right now with China. China's become very hostile. They weren't hostile with me. They weren't hostile with me. They called me sir. They don't call him sir. And you wouldn't be having all the problems that you have right now with China. China's become very hostile. There you go. I, I mean, I don't know why on earth Trump thinks they don't call Biden, sir. Maybe they call him Mr. President. I don't know. So a package of unhinged Iowa rallies, Trump in command of the uh, Republican primary in Iowa for sure. And at a certain point, you start to wonder, is Trump just doing these rallies in order to take his mind off of the insanity of what he is facing when it comes to criminal and civil trials? I don't know the answer. There's new reason for MAGA panic, though, and it is called RFK Jr. Let's talk about that next. Now that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. has announced again that he's running for president, his first, you might be saying, David, wait a second, he already announced it. Yes, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. previously announced his Democratic run for president. He now has announced a new run for president as an independent, which might allow him to end up on the ballot in November of 2024 without winning any primary. And it is MAGA that is now panicking. I'm not going to exaggerate one way or the other. I love this. I think this is absolutely fantastic. Associated Press reports RFK Jr.'s independent run for president draws Republican criticism and silence from national Democrats. Why would that be the case? Well, here's the deal. In recent polling, Bobby Kennedy Jr. seems to roughly get the same amount of support from Democrats as from Republicans. I believe that that is a sign of disaster for MAGA now that Bobby Kennedy Jr. is going from running as a Democrat to running as an independent. Some of the support that Bobby Kennedy Jr. has in the polls from Democrats is because he's been running as a Democrat, a Democratic alternative to Joe Biden. Now that he is no longer even pretending that he is still a Democrat, he is not going to get any new Democratic support. He's maxed out with Democratic support. He is not maxed out with Republicans. And this is where Trump's indictments and legal trouble could really get him in a tough position. If you are someone who, I don't know, is anti-vax, but have just been assuming you'll support Trump, and all of a sudden there's Bobby Kennedy Jr., seemingly more vital and energetic than Trump, you might actually say, hey, I, I, I might vote Robert F. Kennedy Jr. If you're a Democrat and you really don't want to see Trump reelected and then now all of a sudden Bobby Kennedy Jr. isn't even running as a Democrat, 
you're not going to say I'll switch from Biden to independent Robert F. Kennedy Jr. So when I look at the current polling and there there's a bunch of this Politico has an article RFK goes independent. Does that hurt Biden or Trump? And basically what all these articles say is right now about half of his support comes from Democrats and half from Republicans. It seems that he has reached the ceiling with Democrats and all of the support or most of the support that he could gain from between now and the election could very much hurt Donald Trump. I love this. This is absolutely fantastic. And uh, we are obviously going to be following it extraordinarily closely because it is another X factor where we say if this does come down to three or four swing states, maybe to 50,000, 100,000 votes in each, Bobby Kennedy Jr. as a conspiracy alternative to Donald Trump could actually be what takes Trump down. Immediately recognizing the disaster that this is, RNC research and associated Republican groups started sending out attacks on RFK Jr. If they believed RFK Jr.'s independent candidacy helped them, they would not be doing this. And they put out this statement RFK is just another far left Democrat, make no mistake. He wants to ban fossil fuels. He's a liberal. He wants the Green New Deal. He wants to raise taxes. And it says while Robert Kennedy Jr. is now running under the guise of being an independent, he is just another radical far left Democrat. Kennedy knows he will take more votes from a Republican candidate than I do from Biden. Kennedy admitted he voted for Biden in 2020. This is because they know it's bad for them. And because it's bad for them, I absolutely love it. Now, one other funny moment straight out of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Here was RFK's announcement. He couldn't find his speech and then it ended up upside down on the teleprompter. The Curb theme should really be playing here. Take a listen to this. Uh, I need my speech. You can't read anything. You can't read anything. What? Yeah. It's it's upside down. <laughs> it's it's upside down is just the best. You you that's not what you want to hear when you're about to announce you're running for president the second time in the same race. It's upside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I am now a big supporter of this run. Now that the campaign has taken on this completely farcical tone and oh, and by the way, listen, I don't know what's in the mind of RF Kennedy's uh, uh, wife, Cheryl Hines, the actress from Curb Your Enthusiasm. I don't know what's in her mind. There's an element to her participation in these interviews where it doesn't seem like she's necessarily that big on this. And I know I'm reading a lot into that. Maybe she loves this and thinks it's great. It's not striking me that she's totally thrilled with what is going on. So I actually think that Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s independent run is going to be bad for Trump, good for Biden. I welcome it and we will certainly be following it. If you or a parent are starting to lose your hearing, you're not alone. About 48 million Americans have some hearing loss and only about 20 percent of those who would benefit from a hearing aid actually use one. Our sponsor, MD Hearing, makes FDA registered rechargeable hearing aids that cost 
just a fraction of what typical hearing aids cost. MD Hearing's new Neo model costs less than 10 percent what you'll pay for traditional marked up hearing aids. I have a close family friend who's been using MD Hearing for a long time now. I ran into her the other day having a great experience with MD Hearing. MD Hearing was founded by an ENT surgeon who saw that many of his patients needed hearing aids, could not afford them. And so his mission was to develop a quality hearing aid that anyone could afford. MD Hearing offers a 45 day risk free trial with a 100 percent money back guarantee. You can buy with confidence. And if you're still on the fence about MD Hearing, they were just selected to be the hearing aid supplier for top Medicare Advantage plans. It's just a brand you can trust. Go to MDHearing.com and use the code Pacman to get a pair for just two ninety seven. That's MDHearing.com. Use code Pacman to get your pair of hearing aids for just two ninety seven. The info is in the podcast notes. Staying healthy and feeling generally good is all about habits that are sustainable, finding what works for you, something you'll stick to and it might be different for everybody. That's why I keep my routines really simple. Before I have my morning coffee, I'll have a scoop of AG one. AG one is just this tasty green nutritional supplement. You can mix it into water or other drinks or smoothies. You get 75 high quality vitamins and probiotics from whole food sources. It's just a scoop of AG one. You're covering everything you would need for the day. I just don't have time to be dealing with 10 different vitamin supplement bottles or combining all these things. It's also really expensive to do that. It's just a single scoop of AG one in the morning gives me all the vitamins that I'm looking for, saves time, more cost effective. You can go to drinkag1.com slash Pacman to get five free travel packs of AG one plus a free one year supply of vitamin D. I've talked about vitamin D many times. That's drink a G the number one slash Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes. Turns out Hillary Clinton has been right a few times over the last, oh, I don't know, seven, eight years. Hillary Clinton is now getting crushed by MAGA for correctly saying the Trump cult needs some kind of deprogramming. Now, we've interviewed cult experts, cult psychologists, people who are experts in all sorts of these related areas that affect and afflict the Trump cultists. And it is true that they need to be pulled out of the cult. Hillary Clinton said it to Christian Amanpour during an interview on CNN. Magats are absolutely furious. But what did she say that's wrong? Take a listen. And sadly, so many of those extremists, those mega extremists, um, take their marching orders from Donald Trump, who has no credibility left by any measure. He's only in it for himself. He's now defending himself in civil actions and criminal actions. And when do they break with him? You know, because at some point, you know, maybe there needs to be a formal deprogramming of the cult members, but something needs to happen. And how do you do yeah. that? Because you said you have to defeat them by defeating their leader. Their leader right. is Donald Trump. Even you have said that you expect him to be the Republican nominee. How does this change at all? At this point, I think, sadly, he will still likely be the nominee and we have to defeat him. And we have to defeat those who are the election deniers, as we did in 2020 and 2022. Um, and we have to 
you know, just be smarter about how we are trying to uh, empower the right people inside the Republican Party. Everything she's saying is absolutely correct. What is there that they are angry about? I mean, many of them welcome and celebrate being in a cult. You, we've done interviews at rallies where, where they say we've seen right side broadcasting interviews. I'm damn proud that I'm in this cult, they say. And the, the real conversation isn't are they in a cult? It's how do you get them out? And we've talked about this before. It is a really tough thing to do to get get cult members out of the cult because they are by definition brainwashed. You have to build trust with people in the cult. You have to give them a safe environment where they can question their b beliefs. You know, in the cult, it is not a safe environment for Trumpists to question their beliefs. So you have to generate that. You don't beat them over the head with facts, but you at least give them access to information. Uh, you foster open dialogue. You can talk about anything you want. It's fine. Yeah, go ahead. But you're questioning this. You're questioning. That's absolutely fine. Give them a connection to their life before the cult. Remind them what things were like. I mean, the, things weren't always that good before the cult, but maybe for some of them, they, they were professional help is often talked about in terms of getting people out of cults. You want to avoid force of any kind, both for ethical and practical reasons. It often doesn't work. You need time and patience. It can really take a long time. And importantly, you always want to welcome them out of the cult. You want to be empathetic when they start to think about coming out of the cult. You don't want to blame. You don't want to go, hey, when someone says, I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure I may have been misled. Of course you were misled, you moron. No, I was misled. Wow. That sounds like a tough thing to be feeling, but I'm here for you. We're here for you. You empathize and you give them a place to which they can exit the cult. This is really difficult stuff. But the bottom line is Hillary Clinton's been right a lot. Remember back in 2016 when she was also attacked? for saying that about half of Trumpists are deplorable. Remember this generalistic. You could put half of Trump supporters into what I call the basket of deplorables. Right. The racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, you name it. Yep. And she was lambasted for that. And she was correct. I mean, turns out she was right. You know, about half still think uh, Trump won an election that he lost. Half would vote for him even if he was a convicted felon. Uh, what percentage supported what took place on January 6th? I mean, Hillary Clinton was right at the end of the day. And so we don't have an answer as to what will ultimately deprogram the Trump cult. I believe the Trump cult will eventually evaporate. It will either evaporate uh, because Trump will no longer be around or it'll evaporate because they will be absorbed, absorbed into some other element of, uh, of right wing cult. Or it's not going to be around forever. Almost nothing is around forever. But how you get the individuals out is a really tough question. And Hillary Clinton is completely correct. Hey, a uh, sort of nice victory for friend of the show, Michael Cohen. Michael Cohen used to be Donald Trump's personal lawyer and Donald Trump had been suing Michael Cohen. And Michael Cohen said to me and to others, this is not going to work because if the lawsuit goes forward, I get to depose Donald Trump and Trump does not want that. And indeed, Donald Trump has now dropped 
his five hundred million dollar lawsuit against his former attorney, Michael Cohen. A Trump spokesperson said the lawsuit would be pursued after Trump has prevailed in dealing with the witch hunts against him. The timeline of that is probably never. So I do not expect that this lawsuit is coming back in a two page document filed in federal court in Miami. An attorney for the former president said Trump was voluntarily dismissing the lawsuit which alleged breaches of attorney client privilege. Trump accused Cohen of disparaging him through myriad public statements, including the publication of two books, a podcast series on which I've been a guest and innumerable mainstream media appearances. Um, he's going to sue him again after he prevails, blah, 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 blah. Uh, OK, Th this is not going to happen. And here's the key line why Trump had been scheduled to sit for a deposition in the Cohen case Monday when he's also scheduled to hold a campaign event in New Hampshire. Trump does not want to be deposed. Trump, the last thing Trump wants is to be deposed in this way, in this scenario. And so Michael Cohen's prediction was absolutely correct. Now, we can't prove the reason why, but Cohen's prediction was he is not going to be deposed. It's too risky. What could come out of it would be so disastrous based on what Michael Cohen knows at least for the time being, Michael Cohen was right in that it is not going to get to the Trump deposition. Will this lawsuit be brought again? I don't think so. Would there even be a basis on which Trump could prove defamation against Cohen? You know, one of the elements of defamation is that the things that were said aren't true. Michael Cohen insists everything he said is absolutely true. And that would be ultimately adjudicated if such a case were to go forward. It won't happen for now. Exactly what Michael Cohen predicted is going on, but another loss for Trump, who will at least for now recover zero dollars from Michael Cohen. I've had such trouble finding a great razor where I am not cutting myself or getting those nicks on my skin, which are so common with the cheap disposable razors. You have to meet our sponsor Henson Shaving. Henson actually manufactures parts for the International Space Station and the Mars Rover, and they are bringing that exact same precision engineering to the shaving experience. It hurts when you shave because blades extend too far and thus they wobble slightly. But with their aerospace grade CNC machines, Henson is able to make metal razors that extend just 0.0013 inches. That's less than the thickness of a human hair, which means a secure, stable blade with a vibration free shave. It also has built in channels to evacuate the hair and the cream. No more clogs, no more rubbing your thumb on the razor to get the hair out. I use Henson at home. Shaving is a great experience now. Henson wants to be the best razor, not the best razor business, which means you only need to buy it once and it's awesome. Go to hensonshaving.com slash Pacman, add a razor and a hundred pack of blades to your cart, then enter the code Pacman to get the hundred blades for free. That is a three year supply. That's H E N S O N shaving.com slash Pacman. Use code Pacman. The link is in the podcast notes.
Trump's speeches in Iowa over the weekend that we looked at earlier were not his only campaign stops. Trump also gave a speech in Wolfboro, New Hampshire. During this particular speech, he had a really Trump's emotional tone always seems inappropriate to the subject matter that he's discussing. And in this clip that I'm going to play for you, Trump refers to the horrific attack on Israel by Hamas, which he referred to in Iowa as hummus. Um, he says it was incredible. And then he just casually shifts into reading that stupid poem, The Snake, that some people in the audience, I guess, like Trump says people like it. It's, I don't know that Trump's crowd is a big poetry crowd, but that's a different topic. Take a listen to this. It's the, the tone is always just inappropriate. And now it even pertains to Israel. What happened yesterday was incredible. I mean, well, so many people killed. I don't know. You've been here, but the number was much bigger than they reported even this morning. Right. Always, the numbers are always wrong. Trump always has the real numbers on whatever it is that's going on. It's a very big number, very, very big number and vicious too. vicious young children just slaughtered. It's terrible what's going on. So uh, this is the snake. And it's, <laughs> it, it, you know, thousand dead. I mean, it's just it, they're killing women and children. Uh, so anyway, here's the snake. Let's listen to this. People love it. And I do it if people want to hear it. Some people have heard it. Some people haven't. But we'll do it, right? On her way to work one morning, down the path along the lake, a tender-hearted woman saw a poor, half-frozen snake. There you go. So just a, it's like a poetry slam all of a sudden. It goes from talking about terrorism to a poetry slam. So that was weird. Trump also once again talking about voter ID, this time not doing the story about how you need a voter ID to buy bread or cereal, but confusing ID badges for ticketed events with voter ID. I mean, it, it's it all couldn't possibly be any strange to the Democrat convention. They had a voter ID that was the size of the cities like this. It hung with a chain around their neck. It was a picture. I think it had every bit of information ever. You could read their biography, know everything about the person. They couldn't get into the convention without it. But to go to vote, we don't want voter ID to the Democrat convention. Really weird stuff. I mean, just clearly misunderstanding ID badges for events. And I don't know what that has to do with with voting. But here's the really scary part. OK, so it's all a joke. It's all crazy. The speeches are bizarre. It's just it's all wild. And yet. Donald Trump continues to hold his biggest ever lead in the 2024 Republican primary. As essentially as of today, Trump is now polling greater than 57 percent. The Ron DeSantis campaign is just dying. He's dying. He's down to twelve point six percent. So at one point he had thirty one meaning he's now lost 60 percent support. DeSantis has lost 60 percent of his support. Nikki Haley is now more solidly in third place with a shade over seven percent of the vote. Vivek Ramaswamy's surge appears to be over. He's bouncing between five and six. Everybody else is under four. I don't see a path for anyone. DeSantis has to gain back the 60 percent he lost to even get hypothetically back into this thing. Nikki Haley needs to figure out a way to at least come in second place somewhere in order to get back into this thing. Vivek seems dead. Mike Pence never. I mean, Camp Pence was DOA. 
Chris Christie, it was sort of like, do they want an anti-Trump person? Christie's polling two, so it seems the answer is no. And then you got Tim Scott at two. He has no path to the nomination. Doug Burgum's not even polling one. Asa Hutchinson's polling half a point. He didn't even make it to the last debate. Who's going to catch up to Trump? There is no path for anyone at this point in time to Donald Trump. And we can only hope that the addition of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. running as an independent will hurt Trump more than it hurts Joe Biden. I believe it will. And we'll do a deeper dive on that at some point coming up. I know that many of you are anxiously awaiting news of what is going on with pillow, my pillow CEO and founder Mike Lindell. It's been a tough go for pillow pillow had his bank drop him pillow announced that he's under multiple IRS audits pillow announced a fire sale auction on a bunch of equipment from his factories and delivery vans and furniture. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, pillow manufacturing equipment and all sorts of different things. The latest here for the guy who really, you know, he could have just lived the rest of his life out as a rich, successful businessman. Trump almost became a substitute for his previous addictions in a way, you could say. And now here's what's going on with pillow announcing it to Steve Bannon. His lawyers have dropped him because he's not paying them because he doesn't have any money to pay them. Take a look at this. We have breaking news, kind of shocking news. Mike yeah. Lindell joins me. Mike, t can you please uh, tell me what in the hell is going on here? Because I'm, I'm totally confused now, sir. Yeah. Well, Steve, the uh, 10 minutes ago, um, all the pillow almost in tears lawyers we have for my pillow and uh, myself in the lawsuits with the lawfare with Dominion and Smartmatic, they uh, just filed in federal court that uh, to drop uh, to drop us as our attorneys, and um, and this comes from uh, the lawfare basically and from the media. The attacks on my pillow, what American Express did, uh, <laughs> to take a, just devastating our credit, and we I we have to I, I can't pay the lawyers. We can't pay. There's no money left to pay them. And, and I told the, you know, the attorneys, these are great attorneys. They were courageous, came on a year and a half ago or two years ago, and they need to get paid. They have families and stuff, too. And I told them, I have to protect what my company, I have to protect that. I can't keep paying into this lawfare. And so they've had to, uh, they've had to drop us. I don't know where that leads us, but they, uh, yeah. um, I wanted to get out in front of it before the media is going to attack again, like you've never seen today. And... Um, I went down. I was. Uh, I called them. I talked to them. They filed it ten minutes ago, and they these guys were great, just great lawyers. And they, uh, but they have families. They have kids. They have grandchildren. They have, you know, a lawfare is affecting everyone. It's and so understand when Pillow uses this term lawfare. This is a war. You, I'm, I'm sure many of you are familiar with the term warfare. Lawfare. They've created this term to mean the use of the law in a weaponized way. And I think what Pillow's trying to say is that it's become too risky for his lawyers to keep representing him because of the lawfare, the legal warfare being launched against them. But he's saying he doesn't have the money to pay them. So it seems basically it's just like they need to get paid their lawyers. And this whole MAGA world of not paying lawyers is really something disgusting else. Disgusting media that attacks my pillow. So then um, all the time and uh, uh, this but hang, 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 hang on a second. Hang, hang on a second. Oh, right. slow down. Slow down. 
Is this, are you going to go forward in these suits? Are you going to, how long do you have to get new lawyers? I, I, I don't know, Steve. I don't know. Um, the, um, this, I guess it would be up to the judges, but uh, I don't know who, who wants to be a lawyer if you can't get paid. Uh, I don't know how this works. All I know is that I'm out there fighting for my company that was sued for right. billions of dollars that they've done nothing wrong. They're employee-owned company. And but if there's nothing left to fight for, and I got to do I pay the lawyers that were fighting for this? So I don't know where it goes. Now, listen, it, it sort of is sounding like pillow is broke, but I kind of doubt that. My guess is that there's separation in assets between a bunch of his personal assets and some of what's going on. I know he has put like third last he was on this show. He said he had put thirty five million dollars into all this election nonsense. This is really a tragic tale. Now, it's completely self-inflicted. You don't have to feel bad for the guy, but it is a tragic tale in the sense that he does have an employee owned company. I mean, listen, it's like he owns most of it, but it's it's he has a company with employees in the United States that provide jobs that I think are at least OK. And imagine being one of those employees and you don't have 200 million bucks or whatever amount Mike Pillow has. And all of a sudden your boss loses it. It's in a way like if you're just calmly working at Twitter and in comes the wrecking ball of Elon Musk. And next thing you know, you're out of a job and the company's imploding. They're looking at what their boss is doing, and I'm sure many of them are thinking, what on earth is wrong with this guy? He might be able to afford this stuff, but we really don't. And so whatever level of care Pillow expresses for his employees, it is natural to question it, given that his actions for years have been bad for his employees and he just keeps going. I know people have suggested he used to be addicted to drugs, that this entire new thing with the election and everything is his new drug of sorts. I don't I'm not qualified to make that determination, but there seems to be something almost diagnostic about his fixation with continuing to push this stuff. At this point, I don't even know that it's about being in Trump's good graces. I don't know that pillows even in, tr in, in touch with Trump or is in that periphery in any way. So it, it's there, there's a, it doesn't mean we feel sad in the sense that he brought it on himself. He probably still has tens of millions, if not more money. He's going to be OK. It's a tragedy in that it was completely optional. The Rudy Giuliani implosion, again, completely optional. And so there is a tragic element to it. We have to talk about something that it's genuinely upsetting, and I can't believe this is happening again. Fox News is now attacking me. Fox News has dropped a full copyright strike on our YouTube channel because we covered the Republican primary debate that was broadcast by Fox News. Um, I don't even know where to start with this, but a whole bunch of our YouTube channel features, including live streaming, are now in jeopardy. So first and foremost, here's the copyright strike. We're putting it up on the screen for everybody. As you can see, they've dumped this strike in on us. It lasts 90 days. Fox Media LLC. There it is. They took down our entire video, including the hour plus of coverage before the debate even started, where there's absolutely no issue. Now, I'm going to tell it to you like it is. My view. And the view of so many others is that these debates are critical elements of democracy which allow voters to make the most important decision they can make in the context of voting, which is who do I support? One of the ways we find out who do we support is by watching debates.
these debates that are organized by networks are in this sort of strange situation where they are not presidential debate commission debates, which are totally open source, which are on every channel. They're on one channel. And the argument that Fox and, and once before CNN made when they took us down was this is our product. We, we own the copyright to this. This is just ours. And I'm not going to pretend that that's invalid legally. My argument and the argument of people like me who believe that these are public services has been that our coverage of those debates falls under fair use. Now, I know people are going to write to me and say, David, you, you can't just cl claim fair use on a podcast. That's an argument you make in court. That's absolutely the case. When I say my belief is that our broadcasting of these debates is fair use, what I mean is if I went to court with this, which what would it cost to go to court against Fox News? What I through lawyers would argue is this is a public service of newsworthy value. We are transforming it by the addition of my commentary and the commentary of the audience. So it is not simply a retransmission of copyrighted content. We're doing my commentary. We're mixing in commentary and clips from other people. People call in. OK, that's the argument we would make. Now, I can never do that. Why can't I do that? Because it could cost six figures in legal fees to do that. Oh, but David, if you win, then you could recover. The I'm going to float six figures in legal fees to go after this. So where are we right now? Well, if this happens again, we lose live streaming privileges and a whole bunch of other features. And it is truly, truly a disgusting situation. Now, we're going to do everything we can to appeal this decision and to be in good standing at the time of the next debate, which is, I think, in, in just a few weeks in the interim, the best thing you can do is support the very YouTube channel that they are trying to shut down. The bigger the channel is, the more attention we can get from YouTube. If indeed they come after us further, they can go further and take me to court. I don't know that they're going to do that. We haven't received legal notice yet. So subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are under 70,000 subscribers away, as you can see on the screen from two million, which is an incredible milestone. We're at one point nine three million and change subscribe to the YouTube channel. We know there's more than five million people out there who watch the videos but aren't subscribed. Just subscribe. It costs you absolutely nothing. And also, as you know, we can lose our financial revenue from YouTube like that. If this stuff goes nuclear, it's happened in the past. It's happened with Twitch. It's, it's happened with Facebook. It's happened with every single platform. So if you were able, I would love it for you to get a membership on my website. OK, just go to joinpacman.com. We have a new coupon code. The coupon code is F Fox. I think you understand the meaning. It's Fox with two F's at the beginning. No space F Fox. You can get a monthly membership, a yearly membership. This is super cheap. You may not know this. OK, I need to have a real heart to heart with people. You may not know this. If you have cable TV, you're sending Fox three to four bucks a month already. Fox, unlike the other cable channels, gets a large chunk of its revenue from the subscription fees. It has negotiated with Xfinity, Comcast, Cox, Charter, all those companies. OK, AT&T. Uh, if you have cable TV, you're probably sending them four bucks a month. You can come to my website, joinpacman.com. Use the coupon code FFOX. And instead, you'll be sending us three bucks a month. It's your call. OK. 
This is a crazy situation. You can subscribe on YouTube. It's free and you can use the coupon code F Fox. We have filed a counter notification. We're hoping we don't get legal service in the mail with something bigger. I will let you know ultimately what happens. We have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. Here are multiple voicemails saying I'm not going to cover what happened in Israel because I'm scared. Here's the first one. Hey, David. So why don't you use your massive platform to talk about the Israeli Palestinian conflict, you know, right? Since you cover the news every day, are you too busy milking Trump's utters all day? Like for real, like, are you going to cover like, like not that that's not important, but like, this is a very serious issue and you just brush it off. Every single time anybody brings it up and it's pretty disgusting. Well, it was the first segment on today's show. Here's another person complaining about the same thing. Hey, David, this is Troy. I don't call up 10 times a day, but uh, there is a system of purchasing bots and the music industry perfected this with their fake numbers and streaming numbers. I'm still anxiously waiting for a video on the attack on Israel um, by Hamas. I'm, I find it curious, maybe because you're left-winged and you're, you're scared. I don't know. You look nervous. Your face is swollen. Yeah. Listen, there is one reason that there was no coverage of what happened in Israel before today. We do not do shows on weekends. We are a Monday to Friday podcast. The attack was on a Saturday and we were off Monday for the holiday. Hey, guys, cancel our planned day off, which we agree upon a year in advance because I need you to come in so I can do a clip. Okay, every single time this happens, I'm not hiding from anything. I did a 15 minute segment about that at the top of the show. So please save it. Okay, give me. Come on, guys, give me a break. I need 11,000 clips about what happened. Give me a break. Uh, We were off on the weekend. That's the one and only explanation. All right. We have a great bonus show for you today. Kevin McCarthy now says, oh, I'll go back to being speaker if they want me to. Oh, okay. that sounds really odd. California will require large firms to reveal their carbon emissions. Very interesting new law. And North Carolina Republicans are creating what is effectively a secret policy force, a a secret police force. Sorry. Uh, What is that all about? We will discuss all of those stories and more on today's bonus show.